All right, welcome to episode 21 of the CPA Exam Experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's call, you will hear me talk with Stephanie from IPassTheCPAExam.com. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's because her blog and her website has been around long before I even took the CPA exams, I, I'm pretty sure. It's been around a long time, and I think it's safe to say that at this point, she and her website have helped thousands and thousands of candidates pass their CPA exams faster, refine their study process, and the other thing that she kind of specializes in is helping international students navigate the application process and fulfilling the requirements when they are living outside of the United States but still want to pass the U.S. CPA exams. So in this interview, you'll want to listen to the entire thing. It's like our other interviews. But in this interview specifically, we just kind of jump straight into the CPA study process, and we kind of just go piece by piece covering the three main issues that most CPA candidates struggle with, which of course is time, study methods, and retention. And we just kind of go through each one of those and talk through our different strategies that we try to teach our customers about how to deal with each one of those things. And overall, we're kind of painting the picture of what a successful daily study routine looks like. And we go through a bunch of specifics and a bunch of big picture ideas that help the whole thing work better. And so one more thing before we get into the interview, if this is the first thing that you've come across from Superfast CPA, the best place for you to start with our study strategies would be to attend one of our free study trainings. These are a one-hour training. It's in webinar format. We do it a few times a week. And what it is, we walk through our study process that we teach our clients and customers. The idea is how to have a two-hour main study session where you can get more done in that two hours than someone studying four or five hours the normal way. And we explain what we mean by the normal way on the training and why our strategy or study structure is different. But you're still using your same CPA materials, whether it's uh, Becker or CPA Excel or Roger. It doesn't matter what review course you have. So to register for one of these trainings, you can go to superfastcpa.com slash pass now or just text the word pass now as one word to 44222 and we'll send you back a link to register. So with all that being said, let's get into this interview with Stephanie. And how long have you had how long have you had that blog? I guess we'll start there with just kind of your your background with your uh, your website. Sure. So um, the 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 website itself was started more than ten years ago, I believe. Okay. It was January two thousand and ten. Yeah. So it's more than ten years ago. <laughs> and the reason why I started this. It, it was actually a blog, like as in very blog-like, uh-huh. um, unlike now. So it's, it's more like uh, like my online diary of how I did my exam and sharing of my experience. And then, I mean, interestingly, there are people asking me questions, knowing that I'm, you know, like a candidate living outside of the U.S. Yeah. So as I got more information, I decided, oh, you know, why not just put more information on the site so people can, you know, take a look and see how they can do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So I guess at that time, um, I was probably the only one who would do this. 
So yeah, I got readers from like people really around the world, like Egypt, Afghanistan, Iran, um, you know, also in European countries and Asian countries too. So for me, it's, it's a pretty fun experience and I'm, I'm happy that I've been helping people, you know, going through the same experience. Yeah. So that's how it started. Yeah. So, so as a side note, sorry, yeah. are there really yeah. people from like Iran and Afghanistan trying to pass the US CPA exams? I was not aware of that. Totally, yes. So oh. I didn't, I, I don't know they can actually go sit for the exam, but then mm -hmm. they, there are quite a lot of people who are really interested to get sort of a US certification. And, and I can probably, yeah, just tell you why people in general would be interested. So I guess um, one of the reason is that, you know, like accounting certification, that's not really truly a global certification, just because, you know, different people at uh, different countries have their own gap. So it's very hard to standardize. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the U.S. is probably like the best alternatives just because it's a huge economy. You know, there are multinational companies headquartering in the U.S. around the world. And of course, also for people who want to eventually move to the U.S. So they think that maybe this certification can help them on that. And secondly, is actually a relatively quick process if you're able to do it. So, I mean, in theory, you can pass within three months or six months, right? Yeah. Versus, say, ACCA, it, you just cannot, you have a process to go through, so it will take a few years. Okay. So that would probably the biggest reasons why people are interested outside of the U.S. this exam, yeah. Okay, and then, uh, yeah, I guess for the first part, let's let's just go over that. So, what are kind of the steps if you're not in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and you want to try and pass the, or even take the U.S. CPA exams if you're an international student? What what are the main things you need to know or go through to do that? Right. So first of all, they have to know that the the application process is actually very complicated. So. I'd like everyone to acknowledge that and that, um, you know, that spend the time to really um, think through whether this is a certificate for you. So um, once people are quite determined to do it, um, they need to check whether they can fulfill the requirements. And I would say um, there are two things that they need to look at. First is the education requirement and the second is the um, experience requirement. Okay. So for the um, educational requirements, as you know, um, right now all the states require 150 credit hours. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of international candidates, they really don't understand this credit hour system. Because I they, see. yeah, they just have no idea what this means. So usually I have to describe, oh, you know, like you take um, like a three hour course in a semester that will be something like a three hour credit, something like that. So, yeah, so people have to understand what that is. And also, basically, they need an equivalent to a master's degree in accounting. So, um, so as 
if they don't have it, um, especially in some former colonies like India, where they use a three-year university system, then mm -hmm. it's like two years off. So that's pretty hard to make up if you don't have that. Okay. Um, so this is one of the obstacles usually for the international candidates. And the second one would be the um, experience requirements, because as you know, um, you're supposed to have a CPA, like a CPA licensee, to verify the experience. Mm -hmm. um, and usually this person needs to be your boss, but then there aren't a lot of like active US CPA licensee outside of the US, so it's pretty hard to find such a boss. Gotcha. Um, so this has been another obstacle for the candidate. And this is a tricky one because usually, unfortunately, some people would take the exam first and then they realize that this is something that they cannot fix and so they would get stuck. Okay. But then fortunately, yeah, fortunately, um, NASPA, they have been offering a relatively new service called... Um, experience verification I think something verification service where you can pay a fee for them to verify your experience for you so so this one can be solved these days okay. so back then when my day it was not possible but right now it's okay okay so yeah so it's a relatively complicated process for for international candidates and so you oh, need the you need the credit hours to take the exams, right? But you, you don't need the experience hours to take the exams. So you can, as long as you meet the credit hours, you can take the exams, right? Yeah, so you can take the exam first, yes. And then within three years, you're supposed to apply for the license. So within this, these three years, you need to figure out how to uh, fulfill the experience requirements. Okay. And then, sorry, I cut you off. You were saying the other thing. What was the other thing? Oh, the, the other thing is, you know how, um, because of historical reasons, the CPA license is granted by, um, you know, various states. So there are like 55 states plus jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. So this is also something that a non-US person cannot understand. Because usually, um, these kind of things is administered nationally. Like oh, in I see. Most all countries. So this, so, so U.S. system is quite unique. So imagine people don't even know what the states are, and they have to pick a state to register. So it's extremely hard for them to know which state to apply to. Yeah. Um, and also, they have a slightly different requirements for each. So during the the first several years of my blog, I probably and that most if not 90 percent of the questions that i got is related to this how do i pick a state you know which state works best for me so that would be the questions i got okay yeah that uh that makes sense i didn't really know any of that <laughs> um and then one thing i was going to ask from your that i saw in your book so you had to fly somewhere and you took all four exams within two days. Is that what you did? Uh, yes, because I took the exam way back, you know, like back 2001, something like that. So uh -huh. it was before the computerization of the exam. And 
back then I was already moved back to Hong Kong, so I was in the States for for years, but then I moved back. I just moved back actually back then. So, okay. but then one has to, but back then um, we could not take the exam outside of any US jurisdiction. So the closest place from where I lived in Hong Kong was Guam. So that's, I, I, I just flew there. So Guam works pretty well for me because it was only like a few hours flight. And also the time, there's no time difference, which is great. And, and back then because the, the, the exam was, um, held only twice a year, so you kind of have to do it like in one go. So yeah. most people probably would do two and two, so they 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 would take a year to get it done. But then I I just could not take it anymore basically, so I just want to get it done like in one go. So I tried to do it within the two days of the exam. So I was quite lucky that I I passed. But back then, it was probably about maybe 10 to 20 percent of people who did what I did and got past. Like, yeah, that is uh, that's hard to imagine taking all four <laughs> in two days. And yeah. so you, I mean, how long did to be able to have know enough from all four sections? How long did you study before that uh, to kind of get exactly. ready for that? I probably study for six months. But then, because I didn't time very well, so I have to wait for three months for that November exam. So I, I would say maybe active studying for six months and then kind of, you know, revision, kind of, you know, passive studying for another three months. Yeah. But wow. then I would, it was pretty intense because I studied basically all, like I used all the weekends to study, like eight hours plus eight hours. Yeah, and because my I, I was my work was quite demanding then, so I wasn't really able to study during weekdays. But then at the same time, my work involves quite a lot of accounting, so it helps. So it, it was not audit, but then it's financial accounting and management thing. So it helps a lot actually with actual experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's switch to. Uh kind of what I was saying in, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, some of the general, or not really general, but the the daily study process, the most effective mm -hmm. things because, well, maybe I'll start with this question. The biggest, the biggest issue that I hear from, from people from, from our website mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, there's kind of three common things. There's not enough study time or finding the time yeah. to study. Then there's yeah. the actual study methods. Like when I'm sitting in front of my review course, what do I yeah. actually do? Because there's so mm -hmm. much information that it's just overwhelming. And then the third thing is, mm -hmm. how do I remember this? So retention. Uh, basically. Okay. What, yes. uh, from, from your readers, from your site, is that kind of the same main yeah, things you hear? Very similar. So, um, we had a blog post that covered these things, but in a different perspective. So it was like, okay, I, I failed the exam and what is the reason? And so the reason is basically kind of the three points that you raised. So it's just the same thing, but looking sort of backward, like what I didn't do right, right? Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so I think everyone's focus is on the same thing. And I can just, 
share my experience and and, and yeah, I mean, we can talk about the specifics. So in terms of not having enough time to study or how to get enough time to study, um, I guess it's probably quite cliche, but then, you know, like planning is really important. Mm-hmm. Just because the thing, you know, the, the, it's quite overwhelming, as you said, like the, the entire, you know, four parts, even if you take one part is still a very overwhelming experience. So a lot of people um, didn't pass because they run out of time and they didn't even have time to, to cover the, the materials at all. Yeah. So that's probably one of the biggest reasons of failure. So just make sure not to do that. So either, so yeah, it, it's the best to, to really plan and stick with the plan mm-hmm. and also add buffers in between. So if you really can't make it, then it's better just to, you know, try it, wait for another, you know, quarter or, well, actually nowadays they are rolling out this continuous exam. Right, continuous testing, yeah. Yeah, it's great actually. Mm-hmm. So people will worry less about this issue. Um, but still, I think planning is the key. And second, I would think, would be to prioritize because, I mean, there are, um, you know, different sections that are more heavily tested. So, I mean, this is exam, so you need strategy. You're not going to, I mean, our goal is not to get 100% mark. It's just, as long as you pass, it's okay. So you can strategize. And if you really don't have time, you can focus on the heavily tested areas first. And then hopefully you can cover the rest of it, but then at least you cover the most important parts. And yeah, and some sometimes people have their strengths and weaknesses too. So also make sure that your weaknesses are covered. So at least you know a little bit enough that you can make an educated guess. So I mean, there are other people who try to, you know, like, not deal with something that they don't like and so they are they focus on things that they they like to study so they would be like doing really well in some of the sections but then completely like bombed a few of the sections and those sections would be the reason why they don't pass so and this is really avoidable in my opinion Right. So try not to have this sentiment affect you. So you do have to deal with this in a systematic and objective way. I mean, just um, yeah, just have to cover everything, even if you don't like it. Yeah, so, and that's one thing I <clears throat> that's one thing I tell people is <clears throat> excuse me, that's one thing I tell people is uh, coverage is king. Like you mm-hmm. need to. You, you want to constantly be covering all topics. And so the, the specific things that I tell people to do is end each main study session, meaning like when you're sitting with your review course, end each study session by doing one set of 30 multiple choice questions that you just yeah. generate through like your quiz builder and your review course. Right. And so that you're just constantly seeing over time as the days and the weeks go by, you're just yeah. going through everything over and over and over. And then our little study tools, like our super fast CPA uh, mm-hmm. notes and audios and our quizzes, they are set up that same way. Yeah. 
to uh, yeah. constantly provide coverage of, of just everything so that you're constantly re-reviewing everything. And, and that just kind of takes away the whole retention problem. Right. That will cover your, your third point, like how yeah. to remember things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I think that's a very important point because... Um, you know, once once you finish a studying, I mean, it needs time to get set set in, right? So right. if you don't, if some people would just want to sort of race through the whole thing and then um, do all the exercise at the very end, so I don't think it's a good idea. Right. So once you finish one section, you have to, yeah, just have to do the exercise. Sometimes it's a very humbling experience because you spend hours of studying and then when you do the exercise, you find out that you probably get 50% wrong, Right. Uh, right. which is okay because uh, it happens to me and then you just have to persevere and then you do it a second time, you probably get a 70% and the third time you get a 90%. So yeah, I would not... I. Back then, I would I try to yeah I w- I did not move on until I get 100% right, and also for the wrong ones I I make sure I did it twice, mm-hmm. and also to make sure that I understand why, you know that the reason why I I picked that not because I remember the answer I mean sometimes that's a problem too because people do it so many times they under they just memorize the answer, mm-hmm. so just try not to do that. Yeah, and that so that kind of leads into, uh, um, you know, those are some of the time management, thi- or not time mm-hmm. management, but finding more time to study. And and you go through a lot in your book, you know, like you talk about, and it was funny for me to read your book because it was basically mm-hmm. this morning. I got up really early and I, I went back through the, those sections. Um, yeah. And a lot of it is just exactly what I tell our customers because mm-hmm. I say, you know, waking up early and doing your main study session, if you can do two hours in the morning, it solves all kinds of problems. Like yeah. it's quiet in the morning. There's it's distraction free for the most part. If, yes. if you're getting up at five in the morning, odds are no one else. Your kids aren't up. It's just yeah. quiet. And if you yeah. get two hours done in the morning, Things can't come up if you save your main session for the evening. You know, friends call. Your there's a some catastrophe you have to deal with. Like things just come up constantly. But if you've right. studied that well, morning, yeah, yeah, it's in the it's books. It's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And then, uh, like, and then you talk in in your book about prioritizing, meaning like cutting out things. Do you really want? Do you really need to see like this episode of this TV show right now? In ten years, you know, would you? Yeah. Are you going to care about this TV show, or will you be glad that you, you know, finished your CPA? Just that kind yeah. of a thing. Prioritizing things, and and I tell people that all the time. Like you should treat this, just like a a maniac. This besides mm-hmm. your work, this should be all you really think about or do. Because if you treat it like that, the odds of you getting it out of your life forever are much higher than if you kind of just spend an hour or two a day and you don't really take it serious. That's how it expands into taking a year or more 
or maybe yes. you don't pass at all. But if you just, this is all consuming for a few months, it's pretty reliable that you can pass these exams if you're fitting in just constant review throughout your day, even if you're studying from your phone half the time. You know, it just right. makes a huge difference to constantly be reviewing this stuff in your head. Yeah, this exam is definitely doable. Mm -hmm. It's just the sheer volume and also the fact that most people are having a full-time work besides the studying. So that's why it's hard. Right. So, yeah, so doing it in the morning and prioritize, it helps a lot, really. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, the solution is quite simple. Uh, but then it's hard to implement, I have to say. You know, getting up 5 o'clock every day is kind of hard. <laughs> but it works, you know. As you right. said, just get it out of the way, you know, just get it done in a few months and then don't worry about it and reap the benefits for the rest of your career. It's really worth it. Yeah. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, I, I've done... On our podcast, I've done a bunch of interviews now with some of our past customers, and mm -hmm. a lot of them, and this was my experience too, like you say, it is hard to get up at five in the morning. It's hard to want to study all day. You know, instead of listening to music on your drive to work, you listen to audio notes. You know, it's right. boring. But yeah. if you really want to pass these exams, at some point, you will get to the point where you're you know, you just decide, okay, everything that I d need to do to do this is worth putting out everything else aside for a few months. And mm -hmm. a bunch of these interviews that I've done with past customers, they kind of describe that in different ways. But essentially what they're saying is, you know, some of them were like, I failed far like three times. And by mm -hmm. that point, I was so sick of failing that I just realized Okay, yeah. this is what it's going to take. And so they changed yeah. their daily routine, you know, to fit mm -hmm. in more study time, to do it in the morning, to guarantee that it happened. Just all these little changes that you just need to make when you get to that point of you're just willing to do what it takes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The little points count. So it helps a little bit from each, but then when it adds up, it, it makes a difference. So, yeah. Uh, so let's go into some of the actual study methods, because that's kind of the second point. You have, you know, every review course essentially has the information that someone would need to pass, but it's really yeah. a, you know, how do you as the person sitting there looking at it, how do you dissect or deal with all this information in a way that you can learn enough of it to pass the sections? And uh, one thing you said in your book that I liked, and again, this is something that I tell our customers, mm -hmm. is uh, you mentioned how reading is a very passive form of learning. Yeah. And so it's, it's not like forcing the, inf it's not forcing new information into your brain. And everyone mm. out there knows how easy it is to start a video lecture and have it be on for 20 minutes and then realize that you've zoned out, you haven't listened to a single thing. Yeah, I'm sure everyone had that experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then even if even if you read the entire chapter and uh, watch the lecture, you can still then go to the practice questions and realize 
that you have no idea how to actually, you know, perform the calculations or answer the questions. It's kind of like telling someone how to ride a bike. You could have them watch videos. You could, you know, give them like a one hour long PowerPoint presentation on every little part of riding a bike, but they will still get on the bike the first time and just tip over. It just takes actually doing it to kind of learn how it, what, what it feels like yeah, before totally. it clicks. Actually, you know, work on the questions. That's the key. Mm-hmm. And also in my book, I mentioned that people have different study methods. So some people, I mean, they do, you know, take in information by reading uh, better than the others. But then there are people who use their audio skills better or for people like me, I like to rewrite like the notes in my own summary form. So it, it depends on the candidate. So by, you know, usually the candidate should know their own study, bat, you know, their study patterns mm-hmm. by the time of study exam because most of them are late 20s-ish, you know. Yeah. Um, so I encourage them to just stick with it best way to study so I mean they don't need to strictly follow whatever the review courses says and usually for the for the bigger ones they have multiple um, study methods mm-hmm. and I mean it's great if you use all of them because you use all the your your own like all this the as your own senses and it does help um, to retain information, but then if you don't have the time, just pick one that works best for you. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Uh, well, you mentioned that. I think that's in your book as well. Was the the idea of not being a perfectionist? Mm. And so I'll get emails from people who say, "Okay, it just takes me too much time because I do the diagnostic quiz, then I do the pretest, then I do." the video lecture, then I read the chapter, then I go through the flashcards, then I do the practice problems, then I do the practice sims. And that's, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, cut out (laughs) half of that stuff. Right. You know, yeah, that's, that's a big key. Like, yeah, like some of the bigger review courses, they provide so many tools that it's Mm -hmm. almost like an obstacle in itself. It's just Mm -hmm. way too much. Right. Yeah, so. totally. I mean, they, I mean, in a way, they, of course, they encourage you to take all of what they offer because that's their selling point anyway. Mm-hmm. But then in practice, that's not possible. Even if, if you have the time, you just don't have, you mean, you get fatigue, right? I mean, study right. fatigue cannot just, you know, go through the same thing over and over and over. So, yeah. That's, that's true. So you have to let it go. You know, oh, you know, don't. Some people will say, oh, but that's not the best use of my money. You know, I invest in this. Of course, I have to go through everything. But then it, you will end up running out of time. I mean, that's the worst thing. Right. And so that's uh, that was kind of my next question. And that's, you know, when someone runs out of time, specifically mm. on exam day, that's usually, oh. I mean, that's on the simulations because that's the last part of the exam. And that's mm-hmm. one of the other biggest questions that I get is 
how do I prepare for the simulation? So, so what are your tips for during the study process, not, not necessarily on exam day, but during right. the study process, how do you recommend that people prepare for the simulations? Yeah, yeah. Generally, for my study tips, I do divide it into like this studying, like studying tips and exam taking tips. So studying tips would be what we just covered, you know, mm-hmm. like how, how you prepare for the exam. But then there are exam strategies that we also cover in the book. So um, I guess we can go through how people actually prepare for sims first. Yeah, let's do uh, that. Yeah, I think, I don't know, sims are hard to me because right. they, like, they can be anything really. Yep. Um, but then in a way, when when what I tell my readers would be, you know, when, when you study or when you go through a question, try to think of it as if it's a sim question. So just like a normal multiple choice question right Mm -hmm. but then you can see you can say oh okay so what would happen if if they ask us in a different way so instead of multiple choice they would ask like you know you know how how sim style of question so just try to train yourself to think in a sim sort of way I think it helps a lot. So it would take longer to go through each question like each section this way but then in a way that that would be, I mean, it, it, in a way it saved your time because you would do a much better job in the Sims. Yes, and uh, I'm sure you're familiar with these now because they didn't have these even 10 years ago, but the uh, mm-hmm. the AICPA exam blueprints, mm-hmm. Have you, you've seen those, right? Yeah, I have, but it's very different from what we right. have yeah, but it, and it organizes, it gives you the topic list and what you should know, but then also yeah. vertically it's in columns like uh, remembering and understanding, application. Yeah. I can't remember the other ones, but anything right. that's in the application and over means it could yeah. appear in simulation yeah. format. Mm-hmm. And just like you right. said, when you read through those topics before you start a lesson, so look at the section you're about to study in the blueprints and you just think in those terms, kind of like you just said, this is how this might appear in a simulation, even if I'm seeing it in multiple choice format based on the mm-hmm. blueprint, this could be a simulation question. And, and so to think of it in that way and just yeah. from the, uh, the study perspective, it helps a lot to just kind of have that context before you start the lesson of. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Yes, as you said, the simulations are basically application questions. Mm-hmm. So in a way, um, it can be very broad, but then at the same time, you sort of know like, like how, how to read that as it seems questions, I would say. And using this method, it actually helps a lot for your deep learning, meaning that you know your, your overall uh, knowledge in terms of you know, like deeply understanding the concepts and also it will have a lot in your retention as well. So, um, yeah, so I do encourage people to try that, not just for the simulations, but for your overall quality of your studying. Yeah. And then what about if you're, so let's say you're going through practice simulations, 
and breaking those down or like, what would be your, uh, format of, you know, what would you maybe write on a flashcard for yourself or, or how would you, when you're actually Mm -hmm. doing practice sims, what is kind of, what would kind of be your process for remembering those things for later? I don't know. I, I just spend, you know, I just really spend the time to work on as many simulation questions as I can in terms of um, getting exposed to the different variety of questions. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think one of the sort of the scary part of simulation is how it is presented. Sometimes it's a real weird, right? Um, right. You not actually know what they try to to ask you, but then if you do spend the time to go through a lot of different style of simulation question, at least you won't be thrown off by, you know, like the this this that the format of the simulation. So you only need to focus on what you know about it. So just take away one of the uncertainties and it helps. Other than that, I don't really have a lot of, um, you know, like magic tricks for Sims, really. Yeah. Uh, It's designed such a way that they want to test at a deeper level. So, which means that you do need to know, you know, the materials beyond the basics. So, I mean, there are little tips here and there, but you still have to study well enough. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I tell people, and you mentioned this in a different part of your book, but it's in like the flashcard, making your own flashcards. But this is where I tell people what can really help with the simulations, because like you said, on exam day, they are dynamic. The format will be different than probably anything you've seen in your practice simulations. And so as you go through practice sims, you want to look for the things that confuse you personally like the first time you look at them the ones that you personally struggle with for whatever reason and typically that will involve journal entries on the simulations Mm. and so to maybe make your own flashcards for specific journal entries and you don't just want to i mean you write down what the entry is but then you also want to add in an explanation in your own words that you understand like you want to know why this entry is made the way it is and usually when you think through these journal entries make a lot of sense like they're very logical you know when you think through them and and i wanted to get to this point too you mentioned in the book that mnemonics can be helpful maybe to memorize long lists of things but it's a lot more helpful to really understand what the words mean in a long list and why it's in the order that it is instead of just memorizing a bunch of words in a certain order. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the same idea. Is Yeah. I mean, it works for some people, but then I think a lot of people don't find it. I mean, it, it helps for short-term memory, but then if after a few months, then the mnemonics is kind of hard, mm-hmm. at least for me. So for me, I really need to understand at least the basic, the foundation before. I mean, it's only a tool. You cannot totally rely on the mnemonics, in my opinion. Right. 
and and your your point of you know tackling the the people's own weakness is a great point because um, yeah you you once you you have to because how the exam is um, is designed is that you just the goal is to minimize your mistake basically yeah so because it's not supposed to be really hard but then so if you know enough then you're okay um, so try to minimize things that you you do not know or you don't do well so that's exactly what you said you have to tackle your weakness you have to make sure that you don't have holes here there that you know if, if you have one sims that basically ask about things that you you're weak at and you know it it, it it won't work so yeah so that's a good point yeah um and then We've been on here a while, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. But what are some specific test day tips that you recommend to people? Right. Test day tips. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of people who cover like how you get prepared, uh, you know, like mentally. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to go through that. So I'm just go straight to maybe when you see the question, how to increase your odds to get it right. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there are a few things. Um, One is what I said is the absolute uh, statement or absolute term. So, for example, when when the um, question involves something that's absolute in a way, so it's always or never or, you know, like very black and white. So, Mm -hmm. these are sort of the warning signal because in real business situation is usually not that black and white. So, right. I mean, it doesn't mean that it has to be 100% wrong when you see the word always, but then it, it works pretty well. I did check with my readers and they think this tips is pretty helpful. And then also um, just look for something that's tricky. So for example, something that look, you know, suspiciously, uh, you know, like uh, close to to what you think you are without thinking hard about it. So maybe those are tricky ones. Mm -hmm. So just be careful on those. And uh, let me see. I do have a few. Um, Yeah, I think those are the, the better ones that I have. Um, one thing, yeah. one thing on that that uh, always seems to be the case is, or what I would always do, is I would go to the last. I mean, especially when a question is like multiple paragraphs, like you open it and it just is has a lot of text. I yeah. would always go to the very last sentence in the uh, question because that is the real question right there. Yeah. And from there, you can go back up and find the information that's related to exactly what it's actually asking. Because when you read from the top down, especially where it offers you a bunch of information and numbers, a lot of times, a lot of that has nothing, you know, you you won't need it in the yeah. question. Yeah. And those are like, yeah, the way to throw people off and then, 
you know, like it scares people, and yeah, that's good. Yeah, usually the important point is at, at towards the end. That's that's very true. Yeah. Okay, and then this is one thing I just ask everyone that I've uh, interviewed. So, if you were to give CPA candidates that are currently working on their exams just one overall tip or one overall strategy, what would that be? Ah, just one. <laughs> um. Or maybe your top, maybe your top three tips. Oh, okay. Well, we can stick with one. Um, I would say, um, yeah, back to the beginning, like the planning. Like planning is really yeah. important um, because it, it, it gives you a, a peace of mind uh, in a way that you know that if you stick with your plan, you will succeed. So you don't need to freak out or think of anything, you know, wild or what if, what if, this and that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because or, or put it in the other way, if you do not plan, it's very hard to, to pass this exam. So you can be very persevere and you can work very hard, but then towards the end, if you miss one third of the of the curriculum, you're not going to pass. Right. Or, or in the other ways, um, you have great strategy, exam strategies, but then, yeah, if you just don't plan well and you only prioritize the things that you would like and miss your to drill on your weak areas, then it also doesn't work, right? So, mm -hmm. and it has to be done right at the beginning, you know, and probably not, yeah, give you some, give yourself some buffer as well, because things happen, right? I mean, you, you got a job, you got kids, or you got family, and if you miss a week, you miss two weeks, then that's it, so, yeah. Yeah. That's also part of the planning as well. Well, and you, so you did mention this in your book, and this is a good thing to end on. You're talking about planning, and you mentioned uh, writing down your plan or mm. the key points of your plan, and you mentioned putting it on the wall next to where you study. Yeah. And yeah, one, one thing that I tell people is uh, I tell them that same thing, um, mm -hmm. but, but normally I have this like worksheet that I that people can fill out. It's like a PDF they can fill out and then print. And it's yeah. the top five good things that will happen to me by passing my CPA exams. And then the, the five, I guess, bad things that either will happen or won't change if mm -hmm. I don't pass my exams. So right. you have like your five main motivators positive motivators and your five main negative motivators. So that's you, on, the, on the PDF for them to fill out? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just this little uh, fill-in-the-blanks type thing yeah. that I send yeah. to people. Mm -hmm. But it, it's the idea is kind of the same. It's like you say, whatever, yeah. whatever kind of keeps you on track mentally, like whatever it is that's going to be kind of your driving force, it might be I need to do this and this each day. And then here are my, this is like my why, you know, why I'm doing this, whatever right, it yes. is. But I think that having a paper with all that summarized 
like pinned on the wall or taped on the wall, eye level where you'll see it when you sit down to study. That is a, that's a huge thing that can just kind of help people get through each day. Yeah. And, uh, and the action of actually crossing out what you have done is, is a great feeling too. It's very motivating that, you know, you've done this and then you're moving on. So mm-hmm. it's mentally as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, we've gone through a lot. I think that was, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things for people to go through and kind of like apply to their own study process. So. Yep. That's great. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, this is, this is an exam that is doable for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just persevere and try to find a way to get this done as soon as possible and you can do it. Yep. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. Well, yeah, I appreciate you being on the call. It was, yeah, it was sure. good uh, talking Time. to you. Yep. Great talking to you. All right. So that was the interview with Stephanie. So I think if you listen to that, you probably found that very helpful. Now, if you did find that helpful or you've been listening to these episodes and you found any of them helpful, please take a second to share it with a friend or someone else who's studying for their CPA exams and go and find the podcast in your podcast app and leave a rating and review. That really helps. It's a free way to support what we're doing with our free content. And other than that, again, I hope you found that really helpful. Visit Stephanie's blog at ipassthecpaexam.com and I will see you on the next episode.